You are listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia D'Souza. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hey, beautiful people I love. How y'all doing? All things are well with me. Let's see here. March is, is um March madness, if you will. But it has had me thinking a lot about madness. Just made me think about mental health. Not necessarily sports. But... I don't know that I can stress enough. People, this is what people say. They say mental health is real. Right. I I say mental health is real important. Do y'all know that mental health and mindset, so I'm a mindset coach. Do you know that mental health and mindset, they fall in like within the same spectrum, but sometimes because of stigma, people would not like to believe or admit that they have mental health challenges. And so sometimes it's easier to say that they have mindset challenges, but they they really fall in the same spectrum. That being said, I was just thinking about peace and how so few people actually have it that I come in contact with. I was talking to one of my friends and her guy was listening to the podcast and she said, he said, she had the kind of voice that just make you want to open up and tell her your troubles. And so people tell me that a lot of times that I have a soothing voice, not just a soothing voice, but that my energy is soothing. And I find that people are drawn to me. And I was telling my friend about this guy who told me he was like, you're my peace. And I'm just like, uh uh-uh, uh-uh. And I could feel this need. I'm very sensitive. I I could feel almost like this pull on my spirit and this need in him for something. And I was just like, oh, no. And she was saying, Tish, sometimes that's the only piece that people have or the only piece that people have access to. You know, and it just really got me to thinking. I'm with myself 24-7, and so very little disrupts my peace. Of course, things get on my nerves like anybody else, and things bother me like anybody else, and I have challenges like anybody else. But for the most part, I'm pretty peaceful, and, and I'm very serious about protecting and preserving that peace. So when people don't have that, it, it's almost a foreign thing to me. Now, it wasn't always this way. Let's be clear, okay? It wasn't always this way. But it just brought me to a realization. And so then my client sent me this, this video the other day, and the, the woman in the video was basically saying, what if our ancestors, I'm, I'm probably paraphrasing and messing it up, but it was like, what if our ancestors toiled and struggled so we could rest? So we didn't have to do that, but so that we could have the gift of rest. And I think that I told her I'll take it. But also in the video, it said finding peace and being still is more of a privilege than we think. And I'm really, really grateful for having the privilege of finding peace. 
but also the privilege of being still, inwardly still, and sometimes just still in life. People always ask me, like, well, what you doing for the weekend, or what's this, or what's that? And I'm just like, I don't have to, I really do enjoy my own company. I enjoy stillness. I enjoy simple things. Like, I don't have to always be doing a lot to feel fulfilled or to feel content. Like, I don't have to be entertained all the time or be doing something. And so peace and stillness for me is a way of life. So when people ask me that, sometimes I used to be like, oh, let me make up something exciting. No, that peace and stillness <laughs> is really exciting for me. And it's it's my normal. Like, I don't have to always be out, going, doing Turned up. I mean, I, I love a good time just like anybody else, but I just don't have to always be doing something. And what I realized is that sometimes that's necessary for people because inwardly they are in disarray because inwardly there is something, you know, misaligned. And so they need those external things because everybody can't sit with themselves because it's too quiet. You know, everybody can't be with themselves because of what they would have to deal with with themselves. So a lot of people need people around them or need to be doing all of these external things because it's the only way to quell the internal noise. But I would invite people for sanity's sake, for peace sake, to be able to sit with yourself in silence and solitude and see what you discover about you. Solitude is, I'm an introvert, so solitude is a superpower of mine. So it's, I mean, it's, it's cool with me, but it, it's also been very, very healing, very, very revealing, and I learned so much about myself, right? So that's that on that, but I just wanted y'all to think about that. Even if you're an extrovert and you're energized by people, it still doesn't replace your connection to you and you, between you and you, and making sure that you're good on the inside. So where I was going with that, though, is I have been having conversations with people, and I appreciate people sharing with me like some of their innermost truths, but people, a lot of people are not doing okay as much as y'all would like people to think, because have y'all ever heard of like high functioning depression or high functioning anxiety? Like we've figured out how to do everything that our life requires us, almost like living life on autopilot. You know how to be a mom, you know how to be a wife, you know how to show up at the office, do whatever it is that you do. And your insides are crying for something different, for something more, right? But we have so normalized, I think, sacrificing ourselves for all of the roles that we play. And I think it's like coming to a head. I think it's why we see so many angry people, so many people just losing their shit, so many people just snapping. Because I think it's just like an accumulation of things that have just not been dealt with, right? So the people that you see that are the most accomplished and get the most done, that, you know, got their shit together... You know, a lot of times, if you really knew what it took for people to do that, you would be surprised. So you know how people say, check on your strong friends? That's why. But I was having a conversation with my daughter, and I said, we, we were having just a, a very intimate conversation about these kinds of things. And I said, the reason why sometimes it's so much more difficult for quote-unquote strong people 
is because when they they don't really have permission to be human, it can be something that they've created within them, they created themselves, right? But it can also be with the people that are around them. I can remember, this was just like early 2018, when I resigned from the last position that I had. And I didn't know, I was stressed, right? And I was just like, nothing is worth my sanity, I'm out. But I didn't know what was next for me. Like, I didn't, I didn't have a full plan in place. I didn't, I didn't know all of these things. And so I felt afraid. I felt uncertain. I felt like all of my deepest fears and insecurities just being triggered. And I can remember talking to my spiritual mentor about it. And she was like, you'll be fine. She said, I, I mean, I prayed about this, but you'll be fine. I just like, I don't, Almost like she couldn't get where I was coming from. And while I appreciate people being able to see spiritually, which I've told her this, where I was, that I would be okay. In that moment, I wasn't okay. And then there was a guy that I was dating at the time. And I was, I said, well, let me, let me talk to him about this. And he, he was just like, well, just like you always tell me, get a plan, do this, do this and do that. And so even though I may have told him those things, I was also able to lend myself as emotional support while he went to do those things. And I was just like, he doesn't have this same capacity because I don't, I don't, I don't really feel encouraged in this conversation. And so you know what that led me to do? It led me to withdraw and go into myself which is why normally I'm not consulting people outside of myself to help me through challenging things so it can perpetuate a cycle. Because in that moment, I didn't have it together. In that moment, I didn't have a clue. In that moment, I was just a frail, human, flawed person who was not sure what her next move was going to be. And so, of course, it was the best thing that I could have done. And it all worked out, just like my spiritual mentor saw happening. But in that moment, I wasn't right there. And so if you have somebody around you, when they attempt to tell you that they're not okay or that they're struggling with something, don't just brush it off because you see them as a superwoman or a superman. Don't just brush it off because it takes a lot to really admit that you're not okay, right? It takes a lot for people to do that in the first place. It takes a lot. And sometimes people just need a listening ear. Sometimes people don't necessarily need help in the sense of they're asking for a solution. Sometimes people just need empathy and just somebody to hold that space for them. And a lot of times people work their their stuff out and talk themselves through things. But just being able to have that safe space where you don't have to be anything other than who you are in that moment is so crucial. And so if you're somebody who can provide that to people, I promise you, you are a blessing in so many more ways than I can tell you. It's something that I provide for people in coaching, but you don't have to be a coach to do that. But I'm saying that is so, so, so important. And it's important if you're, quote unquote, the strong person that you you find somebody that you can do that with, that you can open up to. If, it, if it's not somebody in your life, maybe it should be a therapist. Maybe it should be a professional. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay not to be okay, right? It's okay to be a human person and deal with natural life's challenges. The, the difference between me and I would say a lot of people is that 
I, I can be in a rough spot, but I'm not going to wallow in it. I'm not going to be a victim in it. I'm going to get through it, but I also will acknowledge the difficulties that I'm having while I'm going through it. But find somebody that you can talk to. Find somebody who can hear you and they don't hear you through they're not looking at you through the lenses of the roles that you play, right? So if you're this savvy businesswoman who can barely lift your head, they're not looking at you through those lenses, but they're just looking at you as the woman who needs a listening ear. I'm telling y'all, that is so, so, so important because it's the people a lot of times who are shouldering the greatest burdens and responsibilities, who are really kicking ass and taking names that a lot of times their stuff goes undealt with. That's why you see somebody who can be rich and then go jump off of a building to their death because their life was empty. Their life was filled with accomplishments and things, but the cry of their soul was never answered, right? That's that's why that is so important. And so in this age of social media, in this age of showing the highlight reels of our lives only, in this age of, you know, let me put this, you know, I have to protect my brand. Fuck a brand. My brand is that I'm human, right? My brand is that, you know what, just I'm intellectually ratchet, okay? You're going to get a little bit of ratchet. You're going to get a lot of intellect. You're going to get a lot of God. You know, you're going to get everything that comes along with that. That is my brand. My brand is that I'm authentic. And so I am not concerned with painting this picture for other people that is not really true to who I am. So it doesn't always, not always cohesive. There's going to be some inconsistencies there because there are inconsistencies within me, right? You're going to get what you get, though. You're going to get who I am for real. Um, and so I think there's this pressure uh, on us and on so many people to just show up in this image that people have either created for us or that we've created for ourselves, right? And so we want people to believe this about us. So... Some of y'all might know this but or not, but I used to be in ministry leadership and I used to teach a class called New Images. And New Images, the, it was basically about developing a better relationship with God, yourself, and others. But basically, one of the premises was like through our trauma and, you know, all of the, the experiences that we've had that we kind of fall into for personality types, if you will. And... I'm going to talk about that a little bit. So I'm probably messing up the names of it, but I'm telling you the gist of it. One of the personality types is basically the overachiever. And this is what I was talking about with the strong people, right? The strong people that's dotting all the I's, crossing the T's, just like really killing it. Sometimes it's killing them. Sometimes that those achievements mask a deep sense of inadequacy, mask a deep sense of fear that if I don't produce at this level, if I don't do this, then I'm going to lose approval, right? My daughter and I were having this conversation that sometimes that can stem from being raised where the standards were so high and, you know, and, and, it, and it lends itself to perfectionistic tendencies. I was telling my daughter that the bar was very high for me um, when I was when I was growing up, right? The bar was very high and I was applauded for what I did, not necessarily who I was. And so while I'm sure my mother loved me, there was no 
no value necessarily. As a kid, remember, I'm looking through the lenses of a child. I was always applauded for what I did. So I got the best grades and I was the spelling bee queen and all of that, right? And I was telling my daughter that when she was younger, it was the same thing. She could not get a good grade. If she got all A's and a B, I wanted to know what happened here that you got the B instead of ce- instead of celebrating the A's. Because that mindset and that way of being is something that I mindlessly passed along or, or took along in my parenting right until I learned better. And so a lot of times when you have that and you know that achievement is your way to approval, unless you really get an awareness of that and get therapy and get help, then you are going to achieve your way through life. And so you'll get all the accolades and all the everything else, but you can feel inherently unworthy or just this inherent sense of inadequacy because you've never got the message that you were enough. And so If you don't do anything, if you don't produce at that level, what happens, right? I'm sure people will still love you, but you see how we can perpetuate certain cycles? So there's one, the overachiever. So the overachievers, I applaud overachievers and people that are always going to be the best of the best and the top of the top. But sometimes I said in another podcast, killing it is killing you. Um, Then we have the... Placator. The placator is the people pleaser. The placator is that you really take on whatever role is necessary. You know, you just just the uh, go with the flow kind of people, the chameleon. You're going to be whoever it is that you need to be. And you never really develop a solid sense of self because you always have to play a role to appease the people that are around you. And so, you know what that makes placators? It makes them hyper vigilant, really in tune with other people because you have to be that way so you know which role to play. Right. So it's like, will the real you please stand up? You can't because you don't know who the real you is. Okay, I'm sure we know people like that, that they're going to be whoever they need to be in whatever situation. I'm not talking about from a savvy standpoint, um, you know, just to make things work. I'm talking about for a survival standpoint. Then you have the rebel, the rebel, not the rebel, the rebel, the IDGAF people. I don't give a fuck about nothing. Like, whatever. I ain't worried about nothing. It's whatever, you know, kind of detached Um, the rebel a lot of times because they're really guarded and protected from life. And so they go, if if everybody says go left, they're going to go right because it's just like they're going to defy, you know, a sense of authority, a sense of they're going to go against the grain just because. But a lot of times the rebels don't really have the skills to be rebellious, right? (laughs) It, It really stems from um, maybe an abuse of authority in childhood. And so they they found a way to kind of just, you know, get, get back at people by kind of living life on their own terms. Now, I'm somebody that there there is rebellion in me in that sense and that I'm going to defy things that don't feel right, not in a way that is lawless, but um, there there is definitely some rebellion in me, people would say, but it's it's it comes from this just doesn't feel right or true for me as much as it is just like you know let me let me throw flip the bird um to just anything that I don't like right and then the last one was the caretaker and that the caretaker is everybody else has needs except you and so you are 
you know, the person who sacrifices yourself to make sure that everybody else is good, but you're not good most of the time, right? Because most of your time, energy, and attention is, is, is given to making sure that other people are okay. And what that sends a message to yourself is that you're just not important. And so it, it, it shows up as just like self-neglect and self-abandonment because you prioritize everybody else over you. Why are these things so important? I'm not a person that's like, okay, let's label this necessarily, but I just like to give people as many resources and tools to help look at themselves and see, hey, you know, that feels resonant. I can see myself in that because a lot of people are searching for themselves and searching for answers outside of themselves. And people go their whole lives and they never get the information. A lot of the stuff that I'm talking about on this podcast, they go their whole lives confused. They go their whole lives just lost. They go their whole lives just existing, you know, because you can't really live or living in a version of themselves that's not true and authentic because of because they just don't know. So I'm saying... Check in with your mental health. Check in with your mindset. You know, how how can you be better? Like journaling for me. Well, I don't journal as much anymore. I type my thoughts out. Prayer, meditation, solitude. I, I can just sit and be. Um, detachment, by detachment, I mean, you know, detaching myself from certain outcomes. If I feel like myself wanting to hold on to something or someone really, really tightly, then, you know, it's a a mindful thing to just be like, okay, let me let myself go and work to detach myself from the outcome. Because y'all know what happens is that when our mental health is fragile, as a lot of ours is, we can hide it. We 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 do real good at hiding things. And a lot of times it takes somebody with real discernment to be like, mm, something in the milk ain't white right here. And so when I have conversations with people or I'm just around people, I can remember another spiritual mentor told me years ago, she said, Letitia, know what you know and see what you see. Meaning that when you discern something, don't second guess yourself. Because I'm not the person that's trying to project my stuff or my idea onto other people of of, of what's going on with them. But if something comes into my spirit, I'm going to trust it, right? And a lot of times, things come into my spirit about people that plague my mind. And I'm like, I can't see that. That doesn't make any sense to me, which is why I pay closer attention to it, because your spirit will know things that your head doesn't know, right? And so I navigate this by my spirit. But the other thing that I do is to help with some of this stuff, I just have honest conversations. Most of my honest conversations are with God where I'm just like, man, I can feel myself revisiting this pattern here. Okay. What is trying to reveal itself to me? Okay. Where do I need to pay more attention and be more mindful? Not beating myself up, not, you know, I had a, um, a friend that when she will go through things and she's telling me, she's like, I'm so stupid. I'm so dumb. And I'm just like, this, this is abuse. This is not an inner critic. This is an inherited critic. And so protecting and preserving your own mental health is so, so, so important. I don't really care 
who we're talking about, y'all. Everybody is trying to figure it out. And everybody has some shit that they're dealing with, whether you know it to be the case or not, whether they mask it or whether they hide it. But the one thing that I can say is learning to be gentle with yourself helps a whole lot. You being the person that's like, I'm so dumb, I'm so stupid, and just holding yourself to these ridiculously high standards, um, that usually doesn't go so well. You know, it's like the critical parent, and I was the critical parent. And so, and I had a critical parent, two of them, right? Parents who just who just communicated in a way that probably they were communicated to. It doesn't make it right, it just makes it real. And so I had to unlearn that inner critic with myself and learn to be gentle with myself, learn to extend grace to myself and receive grace from God and and, and just really get a do-over in that regard. And the more and more that I did that, the more and more that I was able to and am able to do that with other people, you know, and just look at people, you know, not solely for what it is that they do or how it is that they're showing up, but like, you know, from the wisdom of trauma, it's not what what are people doing in many instances or what's wrong with people, but what has happened to people. And people get on my damn nerves. So I have to constantly remind myself of that. Like, what has happened to this person? Like, maybe ask what has happened to this person. Or even if you don't ask what has happened to this person, maybe deal with them as if something has happened with them. Maybe modify your dealings with them to reflect that something here is, um, you know, some something here is, is a little bit mm, off, for lack of a better word. And so just learning to do that because if people are coming from a place of trauma, I certainly don't want to re-traumatize people. I'm not responsible for people's mental health or those kinds of things, but I'm saying to the extent that I'm aware I don't want to re-traumatize people with the way that I'm dealing with them, right? So that's just something to think about. To sum all of that up, March madness, right? Let's think about your mental health. Let's, for real, and make it a priority. And I realized with myself, like, I can talk to somebody for hours. I could do this for hours and hours and hours. And... They don't know any more about me than when we started that conversation because they're, I'm only going to allow people in to a certain extent, right? And so as much as I even share here, right, I only allow people in to a certain extent that I feel trust. So if I didn't have a prayer life, if I didn't have a relationship with God, I would be batshit crazy because I would be holding all of these things in because I was afraid to let people in, right? So even if you don't have or find people that you can trust, learn to trust yourself. Learn to trust God. The most important thing is to get these things in us out And the most important thing is that it's okay not to be okay sometimes. That doesn't doesn't change your inherent value or worth as a person because you are having some challenges, because you're sad or because you're depressed or because you feel anxiety or you feel like you're not worthy or inadequate or you fear rejection. Whatever the thing is, that doesn't change your inherent value as a person. It just lets you know that, hey, 
there's growth that can happen and there's healing that needs to happen for you to be a better version of yourself, right? And so everybody has a lot of things on their list of goals for 2022, but I wonder if peace of mind is on anybody's goal list. Like, really? Peace of mind and, you know, gravitating to those things that bring peace of mind and moving away from those things that don't or even taking a first step to determining what those are. So for me, peace of mind is a priority. Like I said before, it's something that I preserve. It's something that I protect. And by doing so, I'm able to share that peace with other people Uh, It's a blessing, and sometimes it's a like, oh my God, but, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love each and every one of y'all. Have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day. And, you know, as I always say, share this podcast with somebody who needs a dose of peace.